On this week's episode of Behind the Meat Curtains, it's the exciting conclusion of a strip club romance. When we last left our lovers, Bunny the Stripper had found God and was in the process of returning to her husband. Wonder how that turned out? Keep listening because we have all that and more on this week's episode of Behind the Meat Curtains. He was a bouncer, um, plus he had his day job. I didn't have another job at the time. Um, normally I manage breweries and things like that, but I was kind of just in the strip zone for a while. And Yeah. Um, so I got scared. I called things off, and I started going to church, kind of got back into the religion thing. I remember when you found God again, everything was... Yeah, one day you like left the club and you. I I dropped everybody. I got scared. I I really got scared and I don't know. Retreated back to what I knew, what was comfortable, and uh, two months into it, realized what the fuck am I doing? Like I'm repeating this whole cycle and. Because for the listeners, you went back to your ex-husband. Yes. And you guys committed to God and then got remarried, and mm-hmm. it was good for what, like a month? And Two months. I found out he was ironically texting a stripper he had slept with while we were apart. Oh, I remember that stripper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was so <laughs> Yeah. Wait a minute, is that the one that accused me of taking her shit and burying it? And no, but she looked similar to her. Okay. Oh, no, now, it's no fun for the listeners to all just be talking codes. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Skip over them. Um, yeah, no, it was just a nasty stripper. But anyways, um, yeah, so I was pretty pissed off, and I went out with uh, Kat and a few other girls. We were doing football, because that's what we do, go Cowboys. <clears throat> <laughs> and uh, I was pretty three sheets to the wind, and I was pretty sure I remembered Mike's uh phone number but I grabbed Kat's phone she wasn't looking and looked up the number did you really? I did (laughs) and confirmed I was right and then I blew up Mike's phone drunken blew up Mike's phone and he met me in the parking lot we went for a drive and he picked up a couple bottles of wine first no (laughs) I think I took care of that all on my own (laughs) actually I ignored her phone calls or her texts at first then she just started blowing up my phone calling me they kept ignoring it. And after about the 30th time, I finally answered. <laughs> it wasn't 30. It was like four. <laughs> oh, so you did ignore her phone call. I did. You did at first. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Then she was drunk as shit. And I'm like, well, don't go anywhere. I'll come pick you up. I don't want you driving. And that didn't work out very well. No. Nope. We confessed our undying love. Couldn't get over each other. And he was like, now what? And I was like, I don't know. So... We already did it once before. It's like riding a bike. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so in all honesty, like, I had an affair for about a month. Like, Mike and I were on and off. We tried to, like, kind of call it quits. And he was like, whatever, I'll just be your friend. No, he had every intention of plowing through that, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Quite a choice of words. (laughs) And, um, yeah, then I told my ex that was fun (laughs) did you tell him that you were getting back with mike no i actually told him that i had slept with mike i just said the one time why add more salt to the wound when you know i didn't want to be like i've been having an affair for the last month no i was 
I'm moving out. I already had the apartment set up and uh, said it happened the one time and then I left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah. No, we, we've been together a few times. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I mean, we did take it slower because I did not want to jump into a relationship. So there was probably, what, two or three months of taking it slow as possible and then once we really opened that door there was just there's no going slow for Mike and I it's just not in our blood so. <laughs> and then you guys you know you took it slow and quit dancing and quit bouncing and moved to the coast I mean yeah. it's time to retire start new roots I don't know <laughs> it took a couple years before we got over here though yeah well no it took it like not even you're thinking from the original time we got together but no so in technicality, I don't know whether we have a two-year anniversary, three-year anniversary, or a four-year anniversary. Complicated. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's our cute little love story. And, um, Beautiful. Woo. True fairy tales. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> so both of you, I mean, you were dancing for how many years? On and off for 15 years. How is it when you actually, I mean, transitioning to like I'm never going back? Was it was it difficult? Is it difficult still? Still, yeah. I I honestly like I miss the money. I think a part of me misses the attention. Um, you better step up your game, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Our club's going to be We're hiring. Great twerking conditions. <laughs> <laughs> working conditions. Um, yeah, I think like the cash flow, I miss it. That's what everybody says. Um, I'm terrified of me because the cash in hand, my money bucket, it's like my baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I learned you have a shopping problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is a woman. <laughs> they all have shopping issues. I think Mike misses some of like the bouncer brawls, to be completely honest. Like sometimes he, you could just tell, and I'm like, do you just need to like go pick a fight at a bar and he's like I'm fine I'm like okay <laughs> I mean we're here there's a couple guys here <laughs> um, and we both decided we wanted to kind of keep it quiet and not tell people because it would be nice for not everybody to know that oh yeah like, he's a bouncer I was a stripper blah 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 um, so but it's funny because I mean we've told a few select people as we've like kind of built this new life here but it is really funny when you hear people talk about, like, oh, like, we were at a summer party, and they're like, we went to the strip club, and, like, they tell me their stories, and, oh, I knew I could have had her, or, oh, like, blah, 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 and you're just like, you're such an idiot, that's not how it works, you know, but, like, and all I could do, I remember one time just going, oh, yeah, fucking strippers, <laughs> like, you know, because, like, what, I mean, we have more experience and stories between the two of us than, you know, regular Joe Blow who goes into the strip club, but yeah. Do you? But do you miss it, Mike? I miss the money, and I actually miss, you know, the other bouncers and the stuff. You know how we always play jokes on each other, fuck with each other all night long. And some of the bar staff. And the bar staff, most of the bar staff, but other than that, no. Do I miss the strippers? Oh fuck no. Don't miss them at all. Well, you're almost basically married to one. <laughs> True. 
But I don't miss all the bullshit. Strippers are in small doses. Yeah. <laughs> Very small doses. If you can take the stripper out of the club, you can't take the stripper out of the stripper. Yeah. <laughs> that is just true. I think we were talking about that last night. Yep. Rare breed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just an exciting atmosphere. Like, the good, the bad, like, it's just very exhilarating. And, like, even, like, the drama, you like, I don't like drama. It's like, yeah, you do. Like, I do. I love to, like, chime in on, like, the stripper fights and, like, the gossip and stuff. Like, oh, you're definitely a pop star. I am not. That wasn't me. <laughs> she just knows everything going on. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, I'm doing a podcast about it. <laughs> Yeah, no. I was shocked when you when you agreed to do this. So he's still kind of quiet over here. <laughs> do you think that, like, now that you're, how do I put this question? Like the last podcast we were on, we talked to a bunch of the bouncers and managers and a dancer about what it's like being in the industry and like the the stereotypes that can get thrown at you because it kind of affects your whole life. Oh, it does, for sure. You can't have a relationship as a bouncer with somebody on the outside. That's not part of the club life. I mean, every girl I tried to date that was like a nurse or whatever they were happened to be, they thought every night that I went to work, I lined all the strippers up and fucked every one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a fancy version of what yeah. that job is. I always talk to people about, like, at the end of the night, guys are like, hey, <clears throat> what are you doing after this? Like, let's go party. I'm like, yeah, like, this is what we do. We have pillow fights in our underwear. It's like, no, we're putting on our, like, sweatpants, and it's, like, the least horny that I ever am is at the end of the night there. Hey, Kat got to take me home one night. Oh, when you threw up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shots in my bed, and she went and vomited. <laughs> and Kat was like, "At least you you throw up quietly." <laughs> yeah. Big party. Yeah. So that's you know us at the end of the night. So do you? I guess part of where that question is going is, do you keep it secret now because of that stereotype that that that's lumped onto like the type of person that used to have this job? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I try to tell too many people because they do treat you different. I mean, once they find out you're a bouncer at a strip club, there's they just totally treat you different. It's like, oh, okay, well, you're into this and this and this. And it's nine times out of ten, it's not the case. I've said the same thing, you know, I, I could have been called a regular there, and I say the same thing about even just being a customer because there's a, there's a stereotype that's going to be put on you as someone that's been in the strip club more than a couple of times. Well, like, let's be honest. The second I say that I was a stripper, they see blonde hair, big boobs, and they're like, oh, well, that makes sense. I mean, and then it's like you well, lose. Oh, and your IQ goes to points. Exactly. Just you, they just instantly think that, like, you know, I don't know, I got through life sucking cock, and that's not the case. Like, because that's not what the strip club life is about. Um, wasn't a porn star. was a stripper. <laughs> you know, there, there is a difference. Um you know, so it's, I feel like, to um, women can get really jealous and kind of catty when they are insecure and they don't know who you, like, I mean, like, meeting, like, coworkers and stuff like that, like, you know, if they're like, oh, Mike's 
girlfriend what used to be a stripper it's it immediately like oh well i can't leave her alone with my husband now i can't leave her alone with my boyfriend now um you know and then there's like some people are really into it but then there's also like all they want to do is talk about it and like i'm cool sitting down showing story like sharing stories and stuff but it's also like i don't want to talk about it 24 7 like i lived that life i did that life like i i got a job just a side hustle because i had a lot of time to work at night and i worked at a bar uh, like close to town and the girls as soon as they found like i bartended and the second the girls found out that i worked at stars they were so mean to me like i was i'm a very nice person and they just kind of just like brushed me off or rude to me they're just like oh stars oh the strip club but they, yeah, they just weren't kind to me. And then, like, I mean, the guys were really nice to me, so yeah. I was doing that. They knew that I worked there, but still. So yeah, I feel yeah, like the guys are always extra nice when they find yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. so I just remember that. I just remember them being extremely unkind to me and just kind of, like, singling me out. I'm like, hey, I'm a good person. Like. <laughs> so you said when you started you were religious, and you said when you met Mike, you and your husband were open relationship is that like a what is the analog spectrum between I'm super religious to oh um well so being like religious I was in a Baptist church um which I I still affiliate with that I still believe in it um but where I was at was small town and you have to remember it was like 15 years ago and I know that doesn't sound like that long ago but a lot has changed so like when I first became when I first got pregnant at 18 which was 20 years ago um I was really really encouraged to get married that was the answer well you need to marry him um and then so there was that um and then when I became a stripper and a single mom my church kind of turned their back on me, um, which was really heartbreaking because I think I could have maybe went down a different path if I had that support. Um, but as a single mom, that was the easiest thing for me. It was great money. You know, I paid for childcare at night. I ended up like putting myself through college. I mean, I don't, I don't regret that choice that I made. I really don't. It led me to where I am today and I wouldn't trade that in for anything. Um, but yeah, then I just, I never went to church. I, I just quit going. I gave up. And then I also felt like because I couldn't go be in the club and go to church. And then, you know, with everything going on, and then I went I went through the divorce, and then I, we started doing counseling. We were going through the pastor of, the, like, his church, all that kind of thing, going back into it. Um, I realized that, like, who I was with my ex, I, I wouldn't have liked who I was, and that my God knows who I am, loves me for who I am, accepts that I'm going to do things that are sinning, whatever, because um, I'm not, I'm human. I'm not perfect. And uh, yeah, I kind of came back in full, full circle in a weird way, but this is me. And I went back to dancing and then, you know, hostessing, whatever, in the strip club life. And I don't. I, th- I think a lot of dancers, I actually don't know. It's more a question I think I should probably ask more often on the podcast. Is like, there's a transition period between when you become a dancer and when your family knows that you're a dancer. Um, and this question is actually for you. Like, do you 
do you have to hide that sort of thing from your family or oh, shit my mom didn't talk to me for three months when she found out I was bouncing out of a strip club did you tell her right away or no no she actually found out because one of her guys I worked with her came in with a broken nose and a black eye and <laughs> she asked him goes, what happened to you and she goes your son and she goes what do you mean my son he kicked my ass last night at Stars. And she goes, oh. And he told them that I was a, a bouncer there, and it didn't go over so well. She didn't talk to me for three months. Wow. How long did you go before your family knew? Um, only a couple of months because my ex told my family when we were going to get through a yeah. divorce. That's another story that comes up a lot is the, um, the, the what am I trying to say, the revenge tell, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that comes up a lot. Yeah. So you, so your family finds out because somebody else is mad at you. Yep, yeah. My, my ex decided to tell my family. Um, my dad didn't talk to me for four months, and my mom is bipolar, and she ended up uh, in the psych ward for two weeks, and <laughs> and I just kept doing me. <laughs> I was like, you know, honestly, like, you're not paying my bills. You don't know who I am. Like, yeah. the old man said, yeah. Don't knock any of them up and make your money. <laughs> he didn't care at all. He didn't give two shits. Did yeah. your Don't family know how you guys met? Yeah. yeah. And they're happy? Yeah. 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 They, they yeah. like her. My dad texted him. I bet my your dad, dad likes her. <laughs> he, he loves me. Um, but my mom and my dad love him. Like, my dad will text Mike when he's working nights. He'll text him and they'll stay up and talk. My mom's like, he's such a sweetheart. I just love him. I'm so happy for you, too. I also think because we're not in the industry, though, that we retired, I think all our family is like, oh, they're so good for each other because they got out of it. Because you guys did it together, and that's, like, admirable. Like, you did. Yeah. I miss it sometimes. I miss the money. I miss just the camaraderie. And, like, when you have your home club, you have a family. Like, there's something about that home club. Because, like, I've traveled and gone to different clubs, seen different club environments, you know, liked other clubs I've been to, but like going to my one home club was literally home. Like, if the customers, the staff, the dancers. Yeah, I always compare it to like a very dysfunctional family. Yeah. So, well, um, we can end it with the now I've seen it all moment. Yeah. Do you guys? Do you have a now I've seen it all moment? Oh. Yeah. oh. Mine was one night I walked into the dressing room and a girl has been over spraying her butthole with sparkly glitter shit. That's your now I've seen it all? That's like an every night thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the fact that she's bent over in the mirror. Yeah. Are you getting up there? Yeah, you do. <laughs> and then, then she's asking, is there any toilet paper stuck in there anywhere? I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't have that problem bouncing anywhere else, huh? No. <laughs> no. You talked about the Nuva ring earlier, but we didn't hear that story. Yeah. The tampon story is just... Yeah, uh, you know, I don't have a good tampon story. I'm sorry. Oh, I, yeah, I because don't. you retired. Well, <laughs> you could have been but there for that magical moment. Back when I was, like, maybe not a baby stripper, but I was a toddler stripper. So I was a couple yeah, years in. Okay, so a baby stripper is a brand new stripper, and I will dub anybody who is one year or less into the industry who is a dancer, 
they are considered a baby stripper. There is so much you learn and so much you're just like, you're just, you're like a sponge. You're just absorbing all this and you're, you're learning how to be a hustler. Yeah. <laughs> you're SpongeBob. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you, you're just absorbing all this. And then the next like year or two after that first year, you're really starting to become your own and you get what I call, after you hit that toddler moment and you're really like you're you're learning to walk and run and you've got this, you get what I call the golden pussy syndrome. GPS. GPS. And it's your shit does not sing. You are the bestest thing we've all done. I've been there. I've been there. Um <laughs> Yeah. 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 We all go through it. And then you get knocked on a couple pedestals. Sometimes it hurts or you fall off the pole in the middle of the night. That's fun. Um, but you <laughs> come they, crashing they down. I hated that. That pissed me off. And it was like cheating because you spun and then you just kept spinning and you had to learn how to <laughs> stop the damn thing. That's not fair when you have a couple shots in you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was like pretty new. Um, my home club was the first club I went to that actually served hard liquor. And I was doing a day shift, and uh, there was this girl, um, kind of a plain Jane kind of girl. And I was sitting at the bar talking to the bartender. She was one of my really good friends at the time. And I just happened to look over, and the dancer is there, and she does the typical, like, I call it, like, the backward crab walk, 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 walk where they have, like, their hands behind them, and they spread their legs. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yo, I can see it yeah. now. Well, she did. I find that a very weird <laughs> it's, but it's, Oh, and it's, it's like a, the girls that put their thing. legs behind their heads. Like, don't do that. It's not cute. Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of it. So I don't know if she was, like, putting pressure behind her pelvis, I guess, as she was doing this move. But there was a couple customers in front of her, and all of a sudden, you just see this, like, you know, it's black light, so you just see this, like, little glow. You know, like, those, like, little, like, um, necklaces or, like, bracelets that little kids wear when they run around at, like, Fourth of July or something? So it was, like, this, like, neon glow, glow ring, and look over, and I hear the bartender go, no fucking way. And I'm like, what is that? She's like, it's her Nuva ring. And this girl, this dancer comes, like, launches herself forward, grabs the Nuva ring, like, slides it under her. She's holding it in her hand, and she keeps on dancing. And she's just holding on to that Nuva ring the whole time and finishes, finishes off her dance. I didn't know whether to be embarrassed or impressed for her, and I was just like, I just saw a Nuva ring pop itself. Sometimes you just got to own that shit, and people will remember it. People will be like, I went to that club, and I saw this. And, yeah, I mean, it's a story, at least, for the customer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she got pity tips or... It was day shift. She really didn't make that much money, sadly. I wish she did. Did you... Did you ever have anybody come in that you knew that you didn't want to be there? Um, actually, it was right before I retired. Um, you know, my home club was far away from where, like, it's in the same state, but far enough away from where I graduated high school. And it's, you know, been over a decade, so I thought it was cool. But, like, my homeboys, quote-unquote, from high school... We're doing a bachelor party. <laughs> oh, so you had a whole group of people. <laughs> a whole group, know. a bachelor party. They were like, you know, and of course. Class of 2000. 
Yeah. Um, And they did not know my stage name. So the whole night they're yelling my, like, real name throughout the entire deal. Like, you know, hey. And I'm just like, guys, you're killing me. You're killing me. And, yeah. But... You know, I'm also a hustler at heart, so I made my money as hard as it is. Like, I gave them boys lap dances. I put other girls, you know, to, to make them happy. But, um, like, yeah, you know, in high school, I know you want to do me. So well, what this was is really funny was it was the bachelor, who was a friend of mine, was also the one that wanted to know if I wanted to go home with him for the to the hotel with him. I was like, no, dude, you're really going to regret that. <laughs> like, you're about to get married. Calm down. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Back to your question about the whole everything moment. I was thinking about it. Go spend 20 minutes in a dressing room at the end of the night when you got 25 to 30 girls in that dressing room. You will learn and see some shit that you never want to see again. (laughs) And we call it the fish box for a reason. (laughs) There's a certain amount of weird openness. That, that happens when you're in a truck club and you get all those girls and then they're just like so blunt and to the point of what the reality of the situation it's a, is. It's a 90 day thing I, and I've, I've been there for a long time so I've like measured this. Like, <laughs> you know, a girl, a girl comes in, she's very timid and like scared and within 90 days like she's like taking her tampon out like in front of you. Like it just happens. It's like you become a, an actual stripper within 90 days. And then whatever they go with that, like whatever route they take stripper-wise, and that's on them, but 90 days. So before I interrupted you, were you trying to wrap it up there? Yes. Um, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you, Bunny and Mike. Uh, thank you, Backside Cakes, that we're not at yeah. right now, but Backside Cakes is where we always do our, our podcast. Um, coldest Beer in Bend, Oregon. Um, and, and Greatest Guy. Huh? And Greatest Guy. The greatest owner ever. Andre is amazing. Um, and we are at the Sandbar in Nye Beach, Oregon. Shadow is a very hot bartender that is letting us do it today. Yeah, she's wonderful. It's getting busy here, and it's only 2 in the afternoon. So come by to the Sandbar. Um, I am Kat. I'm the Brad. Thank yeah, you very that's, much. That's a wrap. That's our show. <laughs> That's the end of part two. Our music was from Tribe of Noise. You can find them at www.tribeofnoise.com. Our host this week was The Sandbar. You can find them at 722 Northwest Beach Drive, Newport, Oregon, 97365. And thanks to our standard host, Backside Keg. You can find them at 740 Northeast 3rd Street, Bend, Oregon, 97701. Stopping from time, you might see us recording. You can also find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts, or at www.behindthemeatcurtain.com, or write us at info at behindthemeatcurtain.com.